Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. And what you just heard in the background is um, was a song off of the Jodeci album, The Show, The After Party, The Hotel. Now, if you follow me online on Instagram at Dr. Delvina, of course, you know the name of tonight's episode is The After Party. And my guest is Miss Angine Moss. And we're talking about The After Party um, the after party for a couple of reasons. It's the uh, the part of her life post divorce, and she did have a divorce party as well, which we know is a popular thing for people to do. So anyhow, this album came out in 1995, and it was I thought it was a pretty dope album. I was in my first year of college, and um, it came out, and it had um, it had some joints, man. Like here's one of them. <laughs> So, you know, I told Angie, naming this episode the after party, I have to definitely pull Joe to see on this episode in the background in my introduction. You guys know I love music. Every episode doesn't contain music, but most episodes on this podcast, the Brain Love Podcast, which came out in May 2020, 2020, May 2020. Most of my episodes have some kind of music, and the music is related to the topic or the the person who is the guest, whatever it is. So we're on the couch tonight, and I'm talking to my guest, Miss Angie Moss, and we're going to discuss her relationship uh, with someone she married. Um, She was in a relationship for 14 years, and after 14 years, they decided to get married. But it's, this is a very unique story because it doesn't involve moving in together. They never moved in together at any point in their 16 years. But I don't want to steal the thunder from the episode. You got to listen to it. But before we get into the episode, I just want to take you through a couple of these songs off of the album. The show, The After Party, The Hotel, 1995 Jodeci. This was another Another song off the album that was fire. But we ain't talking about freaking you because you'll hear from Angie that there came a point in the relationship when they were not freaking on a regular basis. They were not freaking on a regular basis. They weren't romantically involved on a regular basis um, or intimately involved, I should say. So, Angine just, she seems like she was trying to salvage her relationship with this person. And so, I think when she went into it, you know, another cut off the album, she probably felt like this. That she wanted to love this person for life. This is another hit off of the show, The After Party, The Hotel. Mm. All the things you told me. You said you'd never leave me We'll be together for eternity hey. <laughs> All right, y'all, you know how I am I love singing my music Let me, let me get an applause <laughs> ah, Let 
let me get an applause on that. I love singing my music. Uh, music is therapy for me. That's just what it is. So anyway, let's get into this episode with Angie. She's on the couch with me. Um, you guys have heard other stories in the past about divorce, but this is a different type of story. I'm telling you from the beginning to the end. So join us on the couch. Just another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. This is March Madness, y'all. March Madness is here. I don't know if you watch college basketball or not. But yes, I got the name from college basketball. March Madness this this month. I have different ladies on my podcast. You heard from Dr. Naima. The first Sunday of the month, last Sunday, you heard from Dr. Duga. If you haven't listened to those episodes, go ahead, sit on the bench and listen to those episodes. These ladies are really dropping some mad facts and knowledge and great gems. And then um, I guess you're listening to this episode already. So, hey, go backward and tune into those ladies. Next Sunday, I'm completing, finishing out March Madness with um, my new friend and associate, the pastor from GRT Church SC. And I said it that way because I want you guys to go on her Instagram. It's GRT Church SC. GRT Church SC. Go on. I have Pastor G coming on with Realness in the Church. So that is her Instagram page. Check her out. And check out the other ladies too. All right. Are you guys ready? Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys, it's Sunday night again, and you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. I've already introduced myself, but you know, I always got to do this when I get on the couch with a guest. I always go through the same little things because I know some of y'all are cheating and some of you skip my introduction. I know that. Some of you just want to get to the meat and potatoes. You want to get to the juice and it's all good. I don't blame you because if you've been listening since the podcast started in May 2020, you've probably heard the introduction. I don't know, over 150 times because that's how many episodes I've had so far. Anyhow, I have a wonderful, beautiful person, beautiful inside and out on the couch tonight. Y'all help me welcome Miss Angie Moss. Hello. How are you? (laughs) We are peachy. Are you ready to take the couch? Yes, ma'am. Let's get to it. Yes, let's do this. I know you're a busy lady. So um, folks may not remember the first time I interviewed you, you came to my house, we were upstairs in my little makeshift studio. And I interviewed you about Hazana for Youth. Yes, yes, you did. And I'm glad for that interview, because we were able to get a reach in the community from it. So thank oh, girl, you. stop lying. Stop lying. <laughs> I got lie up in here. <laughs> That was on YouTube. That was back in the day when I was trying to do the whole YouTube thing or whatever. Yes. But times do change. Yes. Yes. It's needed. I mean, um, thank you for thinking of Hosanna for Youth back then. It it did give us some, you know, leeway in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of people might be wondering, okay, what is Hosanna for Youth for the ones that didn't see it? Um, It's a nonprofit organization for those that's dealing with childhood sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. But y'all, we ain't here talking about Hosanna no, for you. No, 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 no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And do me a favor, Miss Moss, come a, come, come closer to your, yeah, to the okay. mic so that we, yes. that's much better. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're human beings. I'm human. You're human. We're all human. And so tonight you're on the couch because you're sharing um, 
you're sharing with the listeners. We're called, we titled this the after party. Yes. And <laughs> it's the after party after the divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I saw you had, you literally had a party, but I, I missed it because I was out of town. Yeah. Something was going on where I couldn't go. I was like, dang it. Cause I haven't, we did dinner. It had to be right before COVID or something. Yes. Yes. So I was sorry to miss the, the divorce party, but I was surprised. I was surprised too. It caught me completely off guard. Mm. I mean, I, I felt like I was walking around displaying this love, wearing my ring, you know, being faithful, all that stuff. And out of nowhere, I was asked for a divorce. And I'm like, what the hell did I do? Mm. I could cuss on you. Wow. So you were blindsided? I was blindsided. I wasn't expecting it. It totally caught me off guard. Oh my gosh. Like seriously, you had no, no, um, there were no hints, no clues that something was going on. Only thing that was a hint or a clue was the fact that they had stopped wearing their wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And when, um, you know, I asked, I was given an explanation, which was logical in a sense, but not really. You know what I'm saying? So I just chucked it off. Oh, okay. It's irritating your skin. Okay. No problem. That's you what know. they said. It was irritating their skin. Yeah. <laughs> so how long before you, the divorce papers were served to you or until you learned that they they wanted a divorce, did that happen with you seeing them without the wedding ring? So I was in a 16 year relationship, right? Two of those years were married. So I was a newlywed and a divorcee at the same doggone time, to be honest. So you guys were together for 16 years total, 14 years before getting married? Yes, yes. 14 years prior to marriage. Yes. Um, And I was happy, you know, Um, I was happy. I gave everything that I could to the relationship and what I didn't know mm-hmm. pertaining to marriage on the scale of, I was willing to, hey, let's go, you know, let's go to fabric, let's do this. But everything was always, no, you know, always shot down. So I was like, well, we need to do something, you know, to see, make sure we're on the course. But when the ask came, you know, for the divorce, I was like, what? And it, it was just, um, it was a lax conversation. No arguing, no nothing. I was on my motorcycle riding, said, meet me here at this location. I go and yeah, the ass came, you know, I'm like, what's going on? Hey, you know, what's happening? And there it was. It was, I want a divorce. It was, I've been seeing a marital counselor to help me how to help me how to talk, how to communicate. Since I'm being told I don't know how to communicate. I said, oh, well, so you went to see a marital counselor without me, you know, how, how does that work? And then it was like, because I want a divorce. It didn't, hmm. it didn't flow in this, you know what I'm saying? It didn't make sense to me. But at the time, I can tell you, I was humiliated. I felt like I was sucker punched out of nowhere. 
And my only reaction that I could give in the in the physical form was just, okay. I, I didn't say, let's make it, we can make it better. Or, you know, that's usually where we draw from, you know, mm -hmm. trying to fix something. But I think mentally I was exhausted. So I got a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. um, the person said, um, since I don't know how to communicate or something like that, who told the person they didn't know how to communicate? I believe it was me. <laughs> okay, you know it was you. <laughs> oh, now, see now. I believe it was me. <laughs> yes. it, well, I wasn't the only one, but I believe where they were pulling from right then was a conversation that we had had. Was that a common theme in, in you telling your um, spouse you can't communicate, communicate better? Come on, why, blah, blah, blah. No, no, it wasn't okay. common. It was just um, when I'm trying to get clarity um, of something that's on the table to be discussed or whatever, it's always a clam shut. And I can't read your mind. I can't, you know, I don't know what you want me to do at this point. So what is it that's blocking you from speaking? What is it that is not allowing you to express what you have to say? Mm -hmm. And then what happened in the midst of that, it turned. I became that person with nothing to say. I became the one with no emotions. I became the one that was like, you know, I feel like I'm fighting and I couldn't, you know, reach. When did so it I turn? Did, this was during the marriage or? During, during the, the marriage in the two years. The rest of the years, it, you know, it wasn't all that, you know, what we experienced in these two years. And mm -hmm. I would get that, you don't know how to be a wife. I go, what? I said, well, listen, when the manual was distributed to you, um, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> you know, you should have shared it. So we could have been on the same page. But if we didn't have that. Stayed. <laughs> well, well, did your spouse know how to be a spouse? Well, that's what I was going to say. Just so you know that I was in a lesbian marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I okay. know that. But, you know, so now yeah. listeners now, you know, so let's start saying your wife and all that. Now. Yeah, we good. So my 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 yeah, my wife, I asked the question. I go, well, if you're saying to me. I don't know how to be a wife, it's two mm -hmm. wives. So what are you exemplifying that makes you a wife? I mean, tell me and I'm willing to learn or we could, you know, teach each other, but I didn't get that. But that, I don't even think that led up to this whole thing of a divorce. You know, I don't know, you know, people ask me all the time, Angie, why are you divorced? Why are you two not together? What's going on? You know, like that. And I go, I can't even tell you to be authentically true. Is it because you guys seem like the happy couple whenever you were out together? I'm the happy couple. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm that person. Um, no, I think people just were so used to us together. Not the happiness, not the nothing, because it's so many years. I well, think that... I'm sorry. What was her disposition? Is she is she happy like you? Is she a positive energy person or are you that that balance? You're the one who kind of buffers her negativity. You can be frank. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would say it, we, I buffer. So you I, you married a um, 
Oh gosh. Oh man. What is it? Um, ah, uh, ah, uh, there's a, there, I, uh, there's a name, but I'll, I'll, it'll come back to me, but go ahead. So you married someone I, who doesn't match your energy. Right. And, our and you were together for 14 years with that energy. Was it draining? Yes. <laughs> yes that's where the after party came in. Mm. I had, yeah. To, yeah, I had to find myself and I realized that I was uh, dummying down who I am and how I exist. And I started putting me on the back burner, trying to, um, it's almost cradle this, this individual, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And it, it was stifling me from being productive and being, you know, happy and doing things. So the title, the after party, it's almost like I felt that day when I left from where we met and I was told about the divorce, it felt like while I was riding my motorcycle <laughs> that it was a, a rush of freedom, you know? Mm -hmm. It was freeing, you know? And everybody, you know, that my family members would say to me, you know, you were crying, but it wasn't tears of, you know, of um, hurt. It wasn't those type of tears. I was angry, humiliated, and um, I said I wasn't going to fix it. And I, I took that, that fix it part of my existence. I took that and set it to the side. I go, I'm no longer a fixer. I'm going to mm -hmm. work on that part of me and not stand in the paint for someone else's actions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's up to them. I, I can't do it. Yeah. So I'm, I I'm so relieved. Good, 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 good. Yeah. So you were coddling her and trying to make it work. Sounds like you were probably over compromising most of the time. There wasn't even compromise throughout the relationship throughout the years is what it seems like. Yes. Yeah. Trying to make her or the situation something it, it wasn't or. You know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Um, you know, even now, you know, We've been divorced now, November. November was, you know, the day. Um, so being that we've been divorced, it's like so much has happened in a short period of time internally for me as a, a person, you know, as an existence. Um, it's, it's just like, I, I, I realized I lost myself somewhere along the line, mm. you know, trying to bring someone up to where we can go and help them see the vision and help them, you know, catch on to what's really happening. And it's like, after, after all of that, I was like, you know what? I can't fight anymore. Hey, when did you say the divorce was finalized? November. Okay. So, oh gosh, I just have so many questions. The first oh. one, yes. The first one is this, and I'm not trying to um, encourage you to disclose anyone's personal business. And I know that you would not because you're very professional. And that is, I'll just say this to me, it sounds like your ex-wife um, has a history of being battered and bruised. That's what it sounds like to me. And she has some issues that she never worked through. And because you are who you are, um, I consider you to be um, like a coach. You're a coach. 
Um, you're a CEO, you're an entrepreneur. Besides Hosanna for Youth, you your family has been in construction and development for years. And, um, you know, you do a lot of things. You're a go-getter. And I think because of your um, your passion for people and wanting to make folks happy and wanting to work things out and wanting to do right and do good by people, that you thought you could remedy this battered, bruised person and help them to, to get better, to do better. And you probably felt guilty about not staying and seeing it through during those 14 years. Because I'm sitting here wondering why stay in a situation that was so draining for 14 years, but it's because you, when you start a purpose, you're dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. And because you're over empathetic, you know, you're an empath, mm -hmm. um, you stayed. I stayed and the, um, I'll say the consequences of that was I was drowning. Yeah. I was suffocating. Um, but I was still performing. When I say performing, I mean doing regular duties, showing up for work, you know, trying to keep going. Yeah, um, we're good at, we're, we're good yeah. at car compartmentalizing and yes. prioritizing certain emotions and prioritizing certain stressors. We're good at that. Business women are especially black women because, <laughs> you know, we show up on the job and we're, we learn from our mamas and our parents and our grandparents growing up. Don't you go out there showing your ass. Right. Show up, you do the job, put, you know, put on that face, put on the hat, whatever. So we do that very well. Yes. And, you know, um, one of the uh, things with with this particular relationship, I, you know, I when I said I do, I was like, OK, this is going to be the one. This is where, you know, till death do us part, willing to jump over fires to make this, you know, happen. But it's like, no matter what I did, it was never enough. So now I'm beginning to feel, I know who I am. I'm confident in who I am. But then I begin to second guess myself. And now I'm feeling unworthy, unloved, you know, all these things that I can't even express to you because you don't, you're not so acknowledging do, that. Do you mind sharing your age? I'm 52. I'll be 53 in a week. Oh, damn. Happy yeah. early birthday. Hey. <laughs> yes. You got the best birthday gift ever. <laughs> exactly. Hey. Yeah. Um, so, and how much older, younger, or is she the same age as you? What's the age difference if one, one exists? One year younger. Okay. Sheesh. Only one year younger. Okay. So, I want to say this. I want to get this off my chest before we continue to all of the mental health professionals out there. I don't know the circumstances and I don't even know if a marital counselor really existed. That might've been something she just said uh, just to give her an excuse uh, to explain why she did what she did, but I'm willing to bet a year's salary that no marital counselor told her unless she's misrepresenting information in the office to speak up, communicate better, divorce your wife and don't bring her into the office. Because the thing about mental health professionals, when they're helping a, a, a couple, when one of the members of the couple are in our office for marital strife, oftentimes I would say 90% of us are going to invite that person to bring their significant other to the office for a session. And 
And this goes for any mental health professional who doesn't even consider themselves a couples therapist. They may invite the person in for one or two sessions just so that the other member can get an understanding or gain an understanding about what's trying to be achieved in the sessions or um, in that person's treatment. Now, if they're a mental health professional who's not an expert with couples or in sex, that sort of thing, um, they may still feel comfortable doing that. If they don't, they're going to suggest that their patient find um, a licensed mental health professional who deals with couples or a marriage and family therapist who specializes in couples and go and see them together. Because folks, marital counseling is not just to keep the union together. It's also to help dissolve it. Mm -hmm. So you need a professional involved when you're trying to dissolve a, a union as well. It's not just to keep you together. At times, we'll say, you guys are just too unequally yoked. You this this is never going to work, you know, for whatever reason there may be. Do you think a marital counselor really existed or is she the type to misrepresent? So um, that came up, um, you know. I asked and. You know, she said to me, well, honestly, you know, the BS, the, the <laughs> but honestly, it was not a counselor. Child was, was no one. I'm very discerning. <laughs> she just she bullshit. It was all bullshit. It I'm was, very discerning. But that's, that's how the whole thing went. Just how I'm trying to tell it. You ever heard the saying, Dr. Delvina, when, when, when you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. Yeah. I can't even tell people why I'm divorced. So I haven't spoke on it. I don't say anything. You know, yeah, they, if, you, if if you don't have anything good to say, you don't say anything at all is how it goes. But yes, yeah, I yeah. get your, I get it. I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, you know, somebody asked me, I'll be like, you don't want to hear this because it sounds crazy. Not to use the term crazy, but it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, you guys still speak it. Were you guys still sexually active? Yes. Active, active or like here and there? No, not active, active. No, I can't even say that. Mm -mm. I okay. can't even say. I'll be lying on that one. I can't say it was active, active. No. <laughs> so <laughs> for, we for the listeners, I consider active, active every day or every other day is the active sex life. If you humping twice a month, y'all ain't active. That's like some irregular stuff. Some irregular stuff. <laughs> So it was irregular. Um, so explain to me, and I asked the, you know, the guys that question too. So I'm sorry. I had to, I gotta, it's, yes, it's, um, exactly. So the 14 years of the relationship, when you, who proposed you or her? She did. She proposed. Mm -hmm. Did you have any misgivings when she proposed to you? Nope. Why do you think it took so long? For a proposal? I, you know, that's another one of those things I can't even answer. Because, because even that yeah, I was just going to say, because same-sex marriage has been legal now for a while. It's been a little while. Yeah. But I can't even answer, answer that because the proposal was so off radar. You know what I mean? Ooh, tell us. Well, how did she <laughs> propose? So, um, yeah, in the middle of the night, she came over to my home and she she's a um sneakerhead so in she awakened me with a new pair of sneakers and so I was like I'm asleep I look at that 
shit tomorrow, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, I need you to get up because I want to, you know, give you these sneakers. You know, when we were talking and we were, you know, talking about the rest of our life, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I was laying down, I jumped up, I said, are you, you know, like that. And mm -hmm. so she took the sneaker out and told me to try it on. Now I'm half asleep and I, I couldn't get my foot in the sneaker. So inside the sneaker was the, she said, you're so picky for, you know, your jewels of what you want. I would rather you pick out the ring you want instead of me picking out the ring for you. Mm -hmm. So she had the money inside the sneakers. So oh, I yeah, I could never get my foot in. So inside was the sneakers where the was the money to for me to find the ring I like and go. And then the so, next thing during the pandemic, we got married. So someone just messaged and said how much money was in a sneaker. Honestly, um She she gave in the sneakers, it was a couple of thousand dollars because mm -hmm. it was it was rolled because I only wear a size six. She couldn't have fit much in that. <laughs> so a five and a half, six. But um, so when it came time once, you know, daybreak or whatever, you know, it was like, okay, um, let me start looking around for the type of ring I, I want. So we went with the money that was in the sneakers. And that's how the, you know, the ring got identified as Angie ring. So she continued to go and she paid the ring off for the wedding, you know, for the um, wedding. Oh, so more money got added to the purchase. More money got added to the purchase. The ring is a lovely ring. Do you still have it? Yeah, I get, girl. I'm not giving, I, I, I picked, you allowed me, you know what I'm saying? You gave me the opportunity to pick what I like. Mm -hmm. So I picked what I like and the ring was a good, good piece of change. And so, no. And you, you earned it, huh? 14 years to in an, an additional two. Mm -hmm. Are you wearing it on your ring finger or on a different finger? I don't wear it at all. Gotcha. Okay. I took it off that day when you said you wanted a divorce and I was on my motorcycle, I took it off and put it in my pocket. And in the split of a second, my mind was like, chuck the ring, chuck the ring. You know how you hear women say, I got mad and I chucked the ring. Hell and I thought no. about it. I'm not throwing away almost $15,000 down no doggone road. I'm no, I'm going to keep this. So I still have my ring. That's another good thing business women do. We are very very emotionally stable most often and can make decisions under pressure because that yes. was an under pressure decision not mm -hmm. to discard that ring and your anger yes. or your disappointment yes and I was I wasn't it wasn't a you know how people uh distraught love type of oh my god it wasn't that kind of thing it was just I felt like a sucker punch I did double over and go oh my goodness this is real and then I go I feel so humiliated mm. you know so I have to accept this so I'm gonna put on my big girl I, I'm gonna tell you like this to be honest I handled it like a grown-ass woman I did and I was mm. proud of myself I ain't gonna say I didn't cry doing 
you know, once it was for real, for real, that I got the paper served and all that, I teared up, but it wasn't tears of I'm no longer with her. It was tears of I got to start over with what my life is going to be like. And in this these little short few months, so much positive stuff has happened that I don't think if I was still in the marriage would have turned out like that. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I say the universe has a way of moving things over and, and making room for the, the stuff mm-hmm. that belongs in your life. Right. And so um, that's great that you didn't try to, um, you know, fight the issue. No. You allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think you you knew deep down inside, too, that you've been trying for years to make it work. Yes, that's true. That's true. And I think, you know, I was asked how long ago did I stop? You know, and I said, I don't know. Maybe I had become numb. I don't know. But I stopped. Did you stop what? Stop caring or stop trying? Stop or trying. Stop loving. Trying to stop that fix it thingy. You know what I'm saying? When did you stop? And I'm like, I don't know when I stopped that fix thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I didn't want to be, I felt like I was nurturing something that wasn't going to blossom. Like I was putting them. I was hoping for the magical, voila, you know, now it's perfect. Now it's good. Now we two women and we're making things happen. Um, You know, we both have our careers. You know, I'm thinking we were just going to turn out to be this whole power something. Mm -mm. When you're in a relationship and you have a vision and you have a dream and that support is not there. They may not match your vision and your dream, but at least that support of you going after your vision and dream would have made a whole difference, you know, on for me. But mm-hmm. I didn't have that. Whoa, you didn't have it during the marriage or even during the 14 years? Even in the 14 years, I would say it kind of was there and it drifted. It just started becoming this. It was this big thing and it just drifted over time. and. Yeah. I just stopped. So during the 14 years, did you guys live together any of that time or you moved in after you got married? Oh my God. I told you I'm discerning. I told you I'm discerning. Come on now. (laughs) Two separate homes. We had two separate homes. We both owned our own home. Mm -hmm. I spent most of the time. Yes, girl. During the marriage too? Yes. Okay. All right. I I guess it's not far-fetched because there are some couples who, um, they have separate homes. That's just, you know, that's one of the things people have, uh, some people choose to do to, I guess, kind of manage the relationship. That wasn't my choice though. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Well, that's different. Right. That wasn't my choice. Um, I was forever talking about let's, you know, get our home and all that stuff like that. But it was always evasive conversation. It was never, you know, firm and, uh, um, you know, saying that, yes, let's do it. I always felt like I was forcing, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm, yeah, so I stopped, I stopped. 
So you guys were married and living in two separate homes. Did you have a key to her house and the alarm code and all that stuff? And you could come yes. and go as you pleased? Yes. Okay. So she wasn't living a double life, had a, no. a man in her house or another woman. Hey, mm -hmm. I can't put nothing past nobody. The way right. these, this yeah. has happened. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, nor do I care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At this point. I was going to say, at this point, it really doesn't matter. Even when she said, I want a divorce, it doesn't matter. You know how some people are like, is there another woman? Yeah, no, no. Is I there another man? You know, um, I have uh, friends that would ask, you know, um, you know, uh, about what, do you think she had another woman or, you know, whatever. I said, I don't know what a person do on their time or mm -hmm. what they make time for. Um, you know, as someone like myself, um, I'm very transparent, you know, I, you know, I'm a big girl. I'll, I'll say, oh, I'm speaking to someone or I met someone or, you know, and, but it was never any of that. Ne nothing. But when I spoke with my attorney pertaining to the divorce, because she filed, I didn't file. But I wanted to make sure my assets and my stuff was okay if it was to go that way, because it ended up being a simplified divorce, nothing from, you know, so when, <laughs> did you not have a prenup in place? No prenup. Girl, are you crazy? <laughs> so um, when I was speaking with my attorney, the lady said to me, she says, Angie, I've been an attorney for 30 something years. Okay. I've been doing divorces, you know, divorces uh, for 30 something years. I'm going to tell you right now, you was not the only one. You was just the one wearing the ring. This is what she's telling me. And I'm like, sitting in my office, I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You were not the only one. What? The only one who she was seeing? Yes. She said from her experience and, you know, dealing with uh, divorces for the- Is your divorce attorney a tall black woman? No, she's a white woman. Oh, never mind. I, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> she says, so, um, you know, I I will bet anything on that it's it's from the cha changes of events that has taken place, that this is what the issue is. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, I'm not even concerned about that. I said, I just want my name back so I can move on. I don't care what she's doing, who she's doing it with, or why we're divorced. Did she want you to go after her for alimony or something? No, she just didn't oh. want her to come after me for alimony. Okay, or anything. okay so that you was in the, in the discussion of protecting your assets. Right. Gotcha. And so she goes, if she asks for a simplified divorce, you sign. As I'm speaking with her over the phone, she goes, I said, holy shit, I got served. Cause they still doing it, you know, virtual, you know, as far as I'm like, what? She goes, read it to me entirely. And I read it. So wait, the, the, the email came during your consultation with the divorce attorney. With my attorney. Isn't that some weird? No, it gets better. It gets better, honey. So the email come, she told me to read it to her. I read it to her and she goes, okay, print it and go ahead and sign it and send it back. Right. So I said, holy shit. She goes, what? What, Angie? You know, like that on the other end. I go, today is her birthday. 
She served me on her birthday. Yo. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And she just, you know, she, like I said, bruised, battered, and also um, no courage to talk. So the communication issues, a lot of times what we say and how we say it and the ability to express something, it comes down to courage. I'm sure you can right. agree with me about that because sometimes you have to say some hard stuff to another person. Right. Fortitude allows you to be able to communicate it to them. Experience teaches you how to say it so it doesn't hurt as much, but fortitude is what allows you to communicate or express what needs to be said. And because she um, has had those difficulties or did have difficulties with communication, I'm sure the fortitude wasn't there for her to express that there was someone else. And there's probably been someone else, you know, a lot of the time. time. But it, and, and but as you said, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter because you no longer have to live with the, the lies, the misperceptions and or the deceit, I should say, Um the deception and the deceit, I should have said. Um, yikes. So you got to simplify divorce. So one takeaway I'm putting out there is next time you get married, please get a prenup. You have yeah. too much to lose. Yeah. Explain to us, why didn't you get a fucking prenup? Excuse my French. <laughs> I, at the time when we were dating, um, I was thinking that the assets that I had was minimal, number one, and they was not, you know, just being, <laughs> yeah, uneducated in that area. I, I, I didn't think of it. And, you know, I'm glad that um, when the divorce came, um, was it, I'll say like two weeks after I got the divorce, I signed over. I, um, you know, bought some acres of land. So the attorney who I was speaking with, she was like, if you got anything out there lingering, you know, all that counts or whatever. I said, I haven't signed my name on anything or whatever, but it just so happened after, like two weeks after I was given an opportunity. And I was like, is this what the free enough was? You know, I don't know. But um, for the assets that I had prior to, you know, the divorce and everything, it, it, I didn't think it was anything that they would come after. And she goes, Angie, people are, they want everything, girl. Want, yeah. I, I'm going to, even if someone owns one house, one apartment, one condo, whatever the case, get a prenup. If you owned it before you married a person, get a prenup because people will come, they'll move in and say, I lived here, I paid into the mortgage, I paid into the HOA fees, whatever, I want half. And people have had to sell their homes and split a home that they purchased on their own and furnished and created and took care of for, you know, however many amount of years or time or whatever before the person moved in, they had to sell and split it. Florida yeah. is a, a pretty unforgiving state when it comes to divorces and settlements. Um, they're not the fairest from the stories that I've heard. Mm -hmm. Well, um, thinking back, I appreciate that part that she didn't come after anything of mine, nor would I have went after anything of hers. Um, and it's like so much more to this story that, I, girl, it was a mess. It was a whole shit show. What? The divorce? Shit. 
the whole, you know, the whole time frame from wanting a divorce till, you know, the final, you know, divorce papers being served. It was a whole shit show. And, um, you know, walking around, you know, people I think was expecting to see me out of my element, you know, and I'm not one to care what people or how people perceive me. It's just, I was just myself, like, hey, you know, child, mm-hmm. just, you know, and they couldn't understand that. And they go, most persons when they're in love and they hurting or whatever, I know I'm hurting, but not that type of hurt. I said, I'm angry, 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 because I felt like you used me for your personal gain and outcome. I felt like, um, you know, one of the things that I I know for me that I had said in our relationship is this was the very first relationship that I didn't need anything from them. Meaning I didn't need your house. I didn't need your car. I didn't need your money. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm self-sustaining, self-sustaining. And I didn't need any of that. All I needed was attention, affection, love, communication, you know, admiration, engagement, all that stuff. That's what I, and so I thought that's the type of relationship we had. But what I did learn is I was in a fantasy. What I wanted wasn't what I was receiving. And it was me that did that, not, not her. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we get blindsided with emotions. And we use those emotions to make it like it's real. And until you stop with what you want it to be and you wake up and you see what it really is, you're like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. And that's what I went through. I think I went through a moment of, oh shit. Hmm. So, um, so you were self-sustaining. You didn't need the support. Uh, what about her? What you, you mentioned a come up. Um, did you help her to elevate in any way? Level I, up? I believe I did. I believe I did. Our personalities are different. So I, I think I made some, you know, impartation on who she probably was becoming. I'll say that. Is she an the- entrepreneur also? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the shit show what was shitty about the show? <laughs> <laughs> the shit show is, you know, what I have a problem with is the pick and choosing of sides. You know what I'm saying? Without hearing the whole story. And I deal with that with my with my organization, you know, for victims or whatever. Um, family members, um, friends, they don't know the whole story, but they'll pick a side and ostracize the other person. So I'm saying that is um, not saying that they had a place in the marriage or a place in the relationship, but 16 years, I was family. 16 yeah. years, I was friends. Yeah. Now that the relationship has been dismantled, now you don't, you know, you don't talk, you don't deal with me or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm good with that too. But that's the part that really, that it makes me want to just go slap off you know, but I don't, I give them, you know, kill them. Yeah. So you guys had some common friends and obviously family or whatever. And it, it, some of them, I guess, um, sounds like they were overt and they're picking and choosing. Yes. Yes. I'm sure that made it difficult because 
when someone says they love you and they're a friend or they're a family member, or they're like, oh, you're like family girl, blah, blah, blah. When the don't chips are down, you. say you that again. Family. Don't believe that shit. You ain't family. Yeah. When the <laughs> chips are down, man, that's when you really see what's up. Yes. You're not family. And that's, um, you know, speaking with, um, so the majority of uh, my family, my mom is deceased, my dad is deceased, you know, and um, I have older aunts and stuff like that, that's here. But the majority of my family was like, this is so weird, you know, why all of a sudden this shift? I said, I don't know what the shift, why the shift happened, but I am aware that I am now in a different space, you know, to evolve. And maybe that's what had to happen for me to become more of who I am. But I can't. They, my family was like, if we see her, we're going to say hi or whatever. They, nothing. So. Oh, they see you and they don't open their mouth. No, not at all. Nothing. Mm. Oh, Try okay. to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, you keep shining and being that positive light, that positive energy, keep doing what you're doing. I'm glad that it did not, um, you know, cause you to fall apart or to have a setback emotionally, any of that stuff. So um, thank God for that, that you didn't, that you didn't lose it, that you hung in there. Do you have any last minute words for folks who may be in a relationship where, Let's say, and you know, and, and this is assuming that your 14 years of the relationship was overall a negative thing. Mm -hmm. One would say, well, 14 years, it couldn't have been that bad. It couldn't have been negative. But yes, it can. I hear so many stories. People stay in long-term marriages that they hate the person they're living with. Mm -hmm. So any words of advice to folks listening who are in relationships they're not happy in? I would tell them, honestly, Dr. Delvina, don't sit back and think that it'll get better. You know, you can't make it better. It will take both of you to end some help to make it better. You, you know, um, I would say communication, you know, if they're not understanding what you're expressing, then get a third party professionally to come in and dissect that conversation for them to understand. A lot of times we think we know the other person's love language. And I hear people say that all the time, but y'all don't even know how to talk to each other. So how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> how the hell you know the love language? I was like, wait a minute, okay. But um, on, on, on for real, I think that um, when you feel yourself suffocating and you're in a relationship and nothing you do doesn't seem right, then it's time for you to evaluate and see if you can get some help for the both of you or evaluate and see if you can make your exit. And that's the only advice I can give you. I don't think that anyone, even though I just did it for four, well, you know, 16 years, um, I stayed complacent. Um, I don't think that's a space of, uh, growth or empowerment or anything for anybody. And I didn't have the courage to walk away. I did not. I wanted my marriage. I wanted her. Um, and by any means necessary, I was going to just cope with it. I was going to let myself 
you know, dummy down and just cope with it because I wanted the relationship, even though I wasn't getting fed what I, I needed to sustain myself. But let me tell you, honey, after you get what you need for you, you got to think about you first. And after you get what you need for you, then you can help somebody, but you can't help somebody from a broken place. No. And I was going to allow that to be the last words, but I, I got to <laughs> ask you this. Why did you want the relationship? Was it because of the image, how it looked? You didn't want to lose what you've been in for so long and have to explain to people why it didn't work out. Did you feel like you would be a loser by not making it work? Why would you want to stay in that type of relationship? I was I was going to stay because I was thinking, girl, let me tell you, I was thinking Angie ain't getting old. You know, she done did everything you know, settle down, you know, make this work, this and that, but I'm so glad I didn't. I, I mean, I, not to go into the next segment of what this story going to be when you and I talk maybe six months from now. <laughs> <laughs> or at the divorce um, uh, panel, the divorce, um, yes, what you diggy we're doing. <laughs> I'm so glad. It's like, you know, it's like a light went on and life has become so bright so many good things have happened you know I would have been I would have been you know cutting my own head off to spite my face in a sense you know cutting your nose off to spite your face mm -hmm. that that's what I would have been doing so I need to you know I can't mourn for what's missing I'm just expecting what's coming yeah that's it yeah so you guys heard me mention we're doing something on divorce. It is uh, Miss Moss. It's her idea, a divorce symposium. Soon to come, details will follow. Um, I loved everything that she said to you guys in those last words. And that is, you can't make something happen that ain't supposed to happen. You know, to wrap it up simply, you can't force someone to love you. If you're not being fed and watered and loved and poured into in the proper way, there's something we used to say in high school when my basketball team would beat the bricks off of another team. Get your your hat, your coat, and leave. That's what you ought to do. Get your, your hat, your coat, and leave. Because staying there is not going to make it better. It's actually going to make the person despise you even more. Right. Well, thank you right. for joining us on the couch and, and sharing your story, the after party. We didn't talk much about the actual party that you had, but this, guys, is the after party. This is the after party. Yes, the smile is the after party. I mean, it's, girl, um, it's just a different awakening within myself, you know, so that's the after party. Um, being able to create and exist and you know this is the after party and I think a lot of times we we women we think that we need a partner in order to be who we are or whatever and it's scary for a lot of women I actually have been speaking with a, a few divorced women you know that's going through it and being dragged through it I mean I thank God that that's not my story but that's being dragged and they're scared they're scared of yeah. how they're going to exist without that partner mentally and financially and physically and 
Wow. Yeah. 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 Whew. Ladies and men, there is a life after whatever difficult situation you're in. It may not feel like it to you because you're in that black place, mm -hmm. but there is light somewhere. You can come out of the blackness. So don't believe that you can't. Um, you can come out of that blackness. Um, you just got to believe it. And sometimes you have to, you got to get help, professional help, like Ms. Moss referenced earlier, so that someone can help you to see that you can get through this and they can hold your hand and help you through it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about family. I'm talking about a, about a professional. So exactly. You yeah. know what? One thing I want to point out, Dr. Delvina, you know, people get in these relationships and, you know, we talk about, you know, staying, but you get in these relationships, think you're getting into it with the whole adult, but internally they're still kids dealing mm -hmm. with their own traumas and issues mm -hmm. that you, okay. I mean, shut up. No, no, no. I'm just saying, mm -mm -mm, like, yes, yes, girl, preach. Go ahead. I didn't mean to stop you. Know you know that, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at them as uh, grown adults, but inside they're broken little girls and broken little boys that they don't understand that in order for you to meet me or to be that mate and to understand my love language, you got to heal that inside child. Yeah. 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 Their growth was stunted somewhere. A lot of times it was in their childhood or in their teens. A lot right. of these people. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of relationships are not, not falling apart just because someone cheated or someone did this or someone did that. It may be just the misfunctioning of who you have existing or that's showing up for you, that child thing, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's kind of where I, yeah, where I think that went. And I used to, you know, like I said, cuddle the child. No, I can't. I'm, I'm, I stopped. Yeah. Well, you have another 50 years. You will find your mate. I'm sure you learned from this situation. You identified the red flags and the next time you'll ensure um, the person is ready for you. Yes. 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 Not, not I'll just financially. Yes. Yes. Not just financially and physically, but emotionally and mentally. That's first. Yeah. That's first. So, you know, there was this meme going around that said, fuck telling me, um, I don't know, your dress size and what you like to do. Do you have any trauma in your past? Right. <laughs> have you have you been to a therapist? Do you work on you? You know, that meme was floating around for a while and I posted it on my Instagram one time and, you know, people identified with it because you got to ask folks about that stuff. Family history of mental illness your own history of mental health challenges, including if you've ever been assaulted, abused physically, sexually, mentally, all of those things. What's your relationship like with your father? What's your relationship like with your mother? What's your relationship like with your children? You know, if it's someone who wants nothing to do with their kids, for me, that's a red flag because you right. had them and right. how, you know, how they turned out, you had a lot to do with that. So you can't just create a monster and abandon it. You shouldn't anyway. Mm -hmm. But I digress. <laughs> yes. So um, that's it. I, girl, I'm on. Um, the party is still going on. And I'm not literally <laughs> saying uh, 
<laughs> I'm not literally saying a party. Mm. I, I'm saying the 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 freedom of of breathing and you know just enjoying life at my own pace and you know you know doing the things that I like to do. It's happening. Mm-hmm. And yep. That's it. So a song popped into my head. An album cover actually popped into my head. I want to say in 1994 or 1995, Jodeci released their album, The Show, The Hotel, The After Party. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I titled this episode, The After Party, I was thinking about that. So you guys probably heard some Jodeci in the background during my introduction, you know, Um, (laughs) it's the after party. And I'm glad you made it to the after party. Yes. Yes. Because I think I was, if, if it was any other person the chain of events probably would have took them out i'm serious and i i i will admit i omitted a lot um only only of course you did we know (laughs) (laughs) at least i know i know to save face but you know doctor i'll give you the conversation it's just a mess but it's good it's a good mess now i'm okay yeah good yeah, it's it's cool you omitted some of the the dirty stuff. It's okay. Cuz we don't want to throw anybody out there and if if your ex is listening, ma'am, no disrespect to you. We just we're just trying to learn here and live. That's all. We're just trying to learn and live. Yeah. And that's that's what it what it leads to. It's 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 the truth though. I, it's the truth. I I'm not putting on any airs or anything like that. It's the truth. It was a whole shit show. And to the ex, if you would like to come on the show and tell your side of the story, <laughs> please feel I am, free. To- I am very neutral. Please feel free to contact me at info at drdelvina, D E L V as in Victor, E N A dot help, H E L P. But I would also ask you if you wouldn't mind doing um, a part of that session along with Ms. Moss, just so you guys get some professional uh, dissolution of everything. That is all. Girl, I don't need that. All right, let me me live. Let me live. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. Well, we know she ain't calling and she ain't emailing, so it's all good. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, thank you for joining us on the couch um, and engage in this discussion. I know that it helps someone. I get your emails. I get your DMs. I appreciate it. I get um, the messages that come through the the audio platforms and I'm grateful. Um, you know, my thing is even when I post a post, if it helps one person or if one person sees it, that's one person who needed to see it and saw it. So I'm good. Say brain love, Miss Moss. Brain love. Yeah. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. 
ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.